Did you listen to the preview? No. I sent you those. Oh, yeah. I know. I don't remember. What, I don't remember like what you sent. <laughs> That's real fucking nice. Welcome to the first episode of the Bourbon Hunters. I am Dude Pool, and I'm joined by Tyler Schaefer. This episode is the first of three episodes where we take to the road and travel along the bourbon trail in search of those bourbon unicorns. And what better place to start than in Kentucky itself? So buckle up as we talk about bourbon, life, sports, and we might even recount our stops at the distillery gift shops, liquor stores, and distillery tours. Every time I'm gonna go buy something, it's gonna be super ghetto of me. I got my license renewed the other day, and it expired on my my birthday a few days ago. So really, uh, I had my passport and I had that piece of paper that I have to whip out every single time. So you don't currently have your license? No, I have it. It's just expired, but I have the piece of paper and my passport. But I'm always self-conscious doing that. They're like, okay, here's this kid. He's got his passport, probably has a few DUIs buying more alcohol. <laughs> what did he do to get his license revoked or something? That's funny. I don't think you'll get... Let, let's do the over-under on how many times you actually get carded this weekend. I don't think you'll get carded one time. Including liquor stores? Yeah, I mean, all weekend. I'm going to say five, at least. So you think you'll get carded five times? Yes. All right. Five times. Let's keep a running tally. I, I think I will get carded more than you do this weekend. Really? They just want to make you feel good? I think that's what it is. I think it's... Zillian loves it. I, you know, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm at that age now where I'm starting to enjoy when they card me. So I've, I've told probably a handful of people that <laughs> we're doing just a whirlwind tour of all yeah. these different places. And... Uh, I'm really excited to... I mean, obviously the distilleries, you know, there's been a lot of people that have been like, oh, are you going to do like, you know, bourbon trail distilleries? And, and yeah, that's what we're going to. But like, I'm excited for, you know, night stopping at some fun bars and, and getting a creative cocktail or just finding random, like going into Costco and, and seeing what liquor they have there, going yeah. to liquor stores and, and see what we can find that's a little bit more exciting to me on top of stopping at the distilleries yeah I mean I think from some of the people I listen to I, I feel like Kentucky is a tough place to find yeah. stuff but at the same time they seem to have liquor being sold everywhere Yeah. so like you can go into a Costco you can go into whatever and find liquor and I, I think that's kind of exciting do you have a Costco membership? I do yeah uh, do you? nope yeah I love Costco's like pre-made meals. Uh, they're not they're not cooked, but they're family-sized meals that they kind of do. Just throw in the oven. Throw it in the oven. You see, uh, I used to do that for something similar food prep. Right now. You yeah, see that? they have this thing called Home Chef or something like that. Well, that's why we have ordered at home. What, we home made chef? one last night. We so made, it's similar to Clean Eats, which is what Trina and I use all the time. But now, like when she doesn't see the menu being as good for her as she wants it to be, she'll go into Kroger and buy a couple of those. So, oh, do they have? Do you get the Home Chef pre-made ones, or do you get the like that you just toss in the microwave, or yeah. do you get Gotcha? They have the I kind have, that are like Blue Apron, where you yeah. can, where you can you know prepare them and everything, have them ready in twenty minutes or whatever. That's what. That's what we do for but, our dinners. Yeah, she just gets the single serving or, to be honest, even the dual serving ones are usually just the right amount for yeah. one person. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've got this uh, directionally figured out without having to use a... Uh, I've been there twice now. Oh, okay. Buffalo Trace looks huge. It is And humongous. I didn't know that... What do they do? A $1 billion... Uh, expansion in 2013? Well, they're doing another expansion right now. I think they said, and I could be wrong, I think they said that they have a million barrels stored at any one time right now. Gotcha. It's just crazy. That's yeah. a lot. Of, or maybe they're at like seven or 800,000 and 
and the expansion will do that. It's something like that. Yeah. But they're expanding again. And, um, but yeah, they expanded by adding, I think, a larger still. Well, I think that in general, we're still a few years away from supply reaching up to the Well, here's the problem. I don't think they're going to let that happen. I, I honestly think like, they're trying to keep the demand yeah. high so that this bubble doesn't burst. Yep. A lot of people have already said that it's lasted longer than they expected. Yeah. And there's been a lot of people that have been really, really upset about it. But, you know, here's everyone still standing in line, you know, still paying secondary prices for things in other states. Well, I mean, I'm one of those guys. I was just in line on Wednesday at my local Kroger waiting for Blanton's. Well, I mean, honestly, it was my third attempt at going to get Blanton's while waiting in line. And the first two times I was number seven. Now, I don't know if I was the fifth number seven to walk in, realize I was seventh and leave, or if I was actually number seven. Yeah. But I was number five uh, for a case of six. I was number five on Wednesday. How how long was it to the the person, the sixth person? The sixth person walked in right after me. So it was like 6.50. I got there at 6.45, I think. I don't remember because I dropped off Ryland for a zero period and went straight over. And I walked up, and then the next person walked up right after me. Gotcha. Brought in a chair, brought in, you know, extra battery for his phone. I mean, he was prepared. Like, he's done this before, you can tell. Was. And he was surprised he was the sixth person. It was interesting talking to all those people, just hearing their stories of, of trying to find bourbon and stuff. And I, I feel like, unless they were just grin-fucking me, I, I feel like they all were drinkers, not just flippers. Yeah, yeah. And that's the part I think that pisses me off more than anything are the people that turn around and try to flip it for profit. I, you know, when you've got people that just want to drink it. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't. Oh, the worst to... is seeing those pictures with people that are like, "Hey, I've been, I've been collecting for a year. How's my, how's my collection going?" And you look at their stash and it looks like they haven't taken one glass out of it. Yeah, that's just stupid. And then you look at ours and you know we're on the last quarter of every single bottle. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I think I'm a little bit different in you, than you. That I, I wouldn't say that I'm a collector. I am, I think, technically. But I make sure that I don't have, I don't open a bottle until I get a second bottle of that same, of that same bourbon. Just because if I really like it, I don't want to have to feel like I've got to throttle down to keep it, make it yeah. last longer. There's, um, there's people out there too that they buy one bottle and then they drink it and then they'll go buy another bottle and drink it. And all so they ever they, have is like one or two bottles of Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think that makes you any less of a bourbon, no. you know, aficionado. It's just a different uh, perspective. So I'll go each week and I'll, I'll generally buy two every week and I don't go through a bottle of bourbon in a week unless I have like something going on. But I generally, um, I don't know. I'll have a pour every night. Yeah. It's gotten to a point where I've enjoyed it enough to have a pour every night. What do you drink? What's your, if you just had to sit down and, you know, not, not making a cocktail, just drinking it neat or even with ice or whatever, what, what, do you, what do you prefer to have in your house at all times just for that? It's one that I don't have right now just because I bought a few other bottles of Maker's. But Maker's 46 is probably something that I would drink all the time. I enjoy 46. I think it's good. I like their cask strength. I like 46. Um, I enjoy regular Maker's just yep. as is. Now, that's, so that's probably one that if if I get a decanter soon, but I'll put 46 in the decanter, and that's what I have as, as far as... You know, what would I pour guests that come over that necessarily aren't super into bourbon, but they'll have it? Um, maybe they maybe they think that I'm pouring them something nicer, super super rare, the decanter or whatever. Um, and then it's just like you know, easy access for me for it. Yeah, but, I, I think it's funny because I'm the same way. Like I'll have I have bourbon, so I have multiple things that I do so if I'm just having a drink at the end of the night depending on how I feel if I'm you know lately I've been drinking neat no ice nothing just neat 
just so I can kind of expand my palate, I feel like. I'm trying to train it a little bit. Because I don't think I have a great palate to begin with. Neither do I. And yeah. so, so my wife, Trina, she has a crazy palate. She's got, if you ever watch the show Psych, she's got a super sniffer. So she picks <laughs> stuff up, and then she can taste things in stuff that I'm just like, what? Yeah. You're crazy. But so what I've started doing, is she's a vodka person. And so what I've started doing is every time I pour... So in the last probably month or so, I've been trying to pour something different every night. Yeah. And then I take it over to her, let her smell it, take a sip of it. And then I take it and then finish it off. And then I try to get her, like, tasting notes on it to see what she thinks about it. See if you can compare it to yours. Well, just, yeah, see if she's picking up anything that maybe I'm not. So what do you... And plus, I'm also trying to get her to like bourbon. Yeah, which is is great. Uh, But someone that loves bourbon and like only drinks it neat too is Divya Dentler, Tyler's wife. Um, she loves bourbon, doesn't want any ice and then drinks it. Where does it where did they move to? Arizona? Uh yeah Phoenix. Phoenix. Yep. Well that's interesting. And so there's a lot of stuff out there that that he can get pretty regularly. Right, that's what you were telling me. Uh, that's crazy. Like, that's, that's... The Sazerac ride, the baby Saz, gets it. The Willet, the pot still that it was out there, can't get that in Ohio. Pretty easy. Uh, what was the other one? Little Book. Little Book at the, the Costco by him was... What was it? Seventy-five dollars. It was drastically. It's a Costco only price, but it was dramatically cheaper than what you paid for it. Yeah, what did I pay? One one thirty. I thought. I think it was one twenty. One twenty. Yeah, and to be honest, I, I talked about flipping and stuff like that. I don't. I don't like to do that stuff. But you can I, trade. Right. So I traded my little book for a blend. It ended up being my second bottle of Blanton's so that I could open my first one. And a barrel or a barrel select single barrel four roses, which I would, uh, I'd like to find that one, but I would also like to find uh, an Elijah Craig 18 here. Yeah, I would like to find that. If, if I found that. So I'm looking for another this weekend. Uh, while we're on the trail, I'm looking for another Old Forester 1910. Yep. Which I don't know if you can get it at the distillery. I don't think you can. I know it just got released in the Kentucky about a month ago, and so it's a little more plentiful there, I guess. Um, so I'm looking for a 1910 so I can get a second bottle of that. Actually, My- Brent, I want to say Brent got one here a couple weeks ago. A 1910. Yeah. Somewhere in Kentucky. Yeah, so I will not probably speak of regular hunting at all. So if you hear me say hunting, I'm talking about murder. That's probably the manliest hunting I will ever do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's, so what did you think about the notes and the glands? I, what did you get? To be honest, uh, again, my palate's not the greatest. Yeah. Um, so, like, I'm still at a point where I'm describing bourbon as smooth, you know. Yeah. The unrefined, the unrefined uh, uh, tasting profile. Yeah. I just, do, you, do you kind of connect those with the dots and the proof, though? Uh, not always, because, I mean, Blanton's a 93, right? Yeah. I had a, a Rip Van Winkle 10-year yesterday. That was so sticking good. That was probably the most subtle bourbon I've ever had in my life. It didn't have a, a crazy long finish. Yeah. It was it was immediately pleasing to the mouth when it like as soon as you got it in your mouth it was pleasing like you yeah. didn't. There was zero burn, which yeah. surprised me. I felt that with uh, Bland as well. And what is Bland age? Is it ten years? Um, I don't. I don't know how long it's aged. To be honest, we'll find out this weekend. Yeah. I'm sure it, it probably, it might even say somewhere on that. I don't know if they put an age statement on the bottle or not. For a second, my cork was a little bit, uh, 
hard to to pull out. Yeah. And I yeah, was like, I, I gotta break this. I was worried about that too. I, like, I pull mine out. Yeah. It still is. Whenever I pull mine out, I so I that first bottle that I had. I've got probably half of the bottle left. Which is crazy because a lot of people have issues with the cork being bad in plants. Not like breaking off, but just being loose. No. And, and leaking. I haven't heard of it leaking, but I have seen some people say that they were like, they opened it up and their seal was broken. Yeah. Or Which, when I pulled mine off, like, it's not a heavy duty wax seal. Wax seal like no. Maker's. Right. No, it was, it, mine came off pretty easy too, but it, you could tell it was sealed. It was fine. It is good stuff, though. So what's the longest you would say that you would wait for a bottle of bourbon that you really, really want? So so what's the one bottle that if you could, I know that some things you're probably never going to find. Yeah. But what's the one bottle you would sit and wait for and how long would you wait for? What's the longest you would wait? I think that's... It depends on a, a, a number of things. Um, like, I waited a couple hours just to do a raffle for the birthday bourbon. Now, I would sit there and, and wait, you know, as many hours if I had the chance to buy a birthday bourbon at retail price, like a Blaine's. But that just doesn't happen in Ohio. So, they only raffle that off. So you have the you have that chance, um, and I've never actually. I, I think I've had birthday bourbon uh, a couple of years ago, probably around 2016, and enjoyed it. Uh, but that's probably one that I would wait a long time for if I could find it at retail or even a little bit above. Um, Blaine's obviously because. I think it's a cool idea to, to collect the tops and then, you know, send them into to Buffalo Trace to have them uh, uh, set in a, uh, an old barrel piece. And, but I don't know. I, I honestly think that two hours, so I waited two hours and 15 minutes for this plans. And I think that's my threshold. I yeah. think if I go, have to go over that, I might just be like, yeah, screw it, it's not worth it. Yeah. For sure, nothing of the, any of the, the higher end stuff, like, I mean, the one day I went to the Giant Eagle and I was, you know, So when you seven, do those raffles, what do they, do they make you stay there on, can you leave and come back for the drawing? You, you could have, like, uh, so I got there at 6.30, drawing started at 7.30, and I mean, that drawing took forever, too. Yeah. Uh, but that's at least kind of exciting. You're hearing numbers, you know, you're yep. not just standing in line doing nothing. Yep. They read off, there was, they said they had like 76 bottles, but they actually you ended up having more. 84. Yeah, they got an extra like half yep. for extra case or something. And, and so <laughs> they read off roughly 10, and then they took like a couple minute break, and then they read off another 10, and took a couple minute break. In the meantime, you're just kind of, you could stay in wherever. Most people stood around the, the, the liquor department. I stood in a random aisle and drank beer. <laughs> so there was, but there's a, uh, it was right below a speaker where I was standing. And there was probably, a, you know, four or five other people in the aisle with me, which a girl won one. She's standing right next to me and she won one last year as well. So she's got two years in a row that she's won a birthday bourbon. That's great. Uh, so she's got some crazy luck. But yeah, I've never done a raffle, so I haven't done that yet. Yeah. And uh, the guy that was in line with me at the for Blanton's the other day said that if you do the raffle, you say buy your ticket whenever. He said, but don't hand it in until closer to the end. Interesting. He said because he feels like that when you buy your ticket early, it sticks down to the bottom. Even when they rotate the thing, it gets pressed against the bottom of the of the tumbler. Gotcha. And he said if you do it later, he thinks it gets up at the top and it stays. Because he says as you watch it, a lot of times it doesn't really flip over. Interesting. Like, 
there's just so much in there it just kind of rotates. Well, and he said he's done probably five or six different um, raffles, and he's won three times. Huh. He said the first time he did it, he went in, put it in early, and then he sat and watched the tumbler. And it just, he's like, he, he knew, he almost just walked away because he knew he, he didn't see the, the thing ever yeah. slip over. Yeah. And he's like, from that point forward, he just started putting them. So so since then, he's three for four, which is just absolutely yeah. insane as far as like, you know, your odds. And I think he won a birthday bourbon. And I think uh, another one he did, what was another one that was recent that was uh, big that he got? Albert, well, I know they do like Albert. Um, I don't remember what it was. The, any of the antique collections? I don't, I don't, Stag Jr. I don't think so. I think it was something else. I would probably remember if he if he uh, if I heard it. But. Could have been the Elijah Craig eighteen years. Oh, I think it was the Elijah Craig. I think that's what it was. What's the? Um, I'm gonna ask you. Oh, so. What do you know about the Pappies and the, you know, the Van Winkle stuff or whatever? Honestly, not a ton. Uh, like, I, I just realized that there's separate collections. Yeah, so there's different. There's, I can't remember the names of them, but there's like Rip Van Winkle. And then there's, what's the other one that's not nearly as high profile as the Rip Van Winkle? Um, the, what is the Pappy 23 Family Reserve is... That's like the big one, right? Yeah. And then isn't there like a single 25 year that's stupid, stupidly priced on secondary, like 10 grand, and it's also very, very rare? Probably. And uh, a lot like of they don't, they don't, it, it was like, I don't know, like a one time release, or I don't know if they release it anymore. Yeah. So I had the opportunity, and I just, I've never had it, so I didn't know if I wanted to wait in line for it, but midwinter night dram. Yeah. A couple weeks ago, I could have had it. Could have had a bottle of that, I think, and I just didn't want to wait in line for something I never had before. Yeah, I'm sure they had more than six bottles, like plans too. Um, and and I the, think they had two cases. Gotcha. And it's a it's a hundred dollar bottle, so that's the other thing. If there's I, a lot of people that it's are tough like, for me to buy something like that without outright, knowing. Without knowing. Yeah, like the, for the same price, you get the birthday bourbon. So here's the Pappy Van. This is the one. This is the big one. Family Reserve. And that's, the, that's the 15 year. Oh, the 15. So I liked the 15 year when when Lizardville did their flight, which I guess they did it a little bit differently this year. And that's what I had. There's the old Rift Man. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, so Lizardville and Westerville did a flight. And I think they were half ounce pours, but they did, I believe. 10, 12, 15, and 23 year. Uh, they're very, very good. And I love that Lizardville only charged, it was like between $40 and $50 for that flight of, of half ounce pours. Is this going to be our first passing on the right experiment? Today? I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to. You I'm got nothing in this thing? Come on. Dude, this is, a, this is like an inline four, man. It's a Chevy. This is a Chevy? Yeah. Or a uh, GM. You got it. GM. What do we have to do it? What is this? I don't know. GM. Maybe. I don't know. They charged between, it was like $40 and $50 for, what was that, four or five half ounce pours. And, and especially with those, that's fantastic. They only rep, they basically did a first come, first serve, 30 tickets. You had to stand in line. There's people there pretty much all day. Uh, I was number 31 in line, so I missed out, but luckily Matt was in line. He was like number 16, and he let me taste all of his. Uh, but they were fantastic, but I think I liked the younger one, the 15 or 12, better than I liked the 23-year. And I've heard that from a lot of people, that at that point it's just aged too long and it's too oaky. Yeah, the, so there's a couple podcasts I listen to, and they say the same thing. They say from that 10 to 12 or 10 to 13 year range is like that sweet spot. Yeah. And anything older than that, yeah, it just becomes that you're, you're now just tasting the wood, basically. Yeah. That's all you're adding to it at that point, unless you take it into a new barrel, potentially. But, 
Which are you allowed to do by the standards? Yeah, I just I think you can take it from one barrel to another as long as they're both new charred barrels. I don't think gotcha. that I don't think that keeps it from being bourbon. Yeah. I think the only thing that keeps it from being bourbon is if you put it into something that's already been finished. So like yeah. a, a cask that has, you know, rum or something like that previously. Mm-hmm. Like the basil hidden or like for example, uh, Angel's Envy is technically not bourbon anymore. It's a finished bourbon. Yeah. You know, I, I I know the purists out there they're like, oh no, it's it's not bourbon anymore, but it still tastes good, so who cares? I mean well, it's funny, so for Thanksgiving I brought up Angel's Envy to Jillian's parents' house. And so her brother walks in was like you know, over kind of by like where the drink cups were and whatever. I, I had the angels up sitting there. Um, he's like, "Look what I brought," and it's it was Eagle Rare. And then he like looks and sees that I have angels on me. He's like, who, "Who brought that? Did you bring?" It? He goes, "I'm like, yeah." And he's like, "That's my freaking favorite." He's like, "So he didn't even have any of his Eagle Eagle Rare. <laughs> he just drank the angels on me." That's funny. Yeah. You know what I But it was almost like was his demeanor was like, like, fuck you, look at this great bottle of bourbon I just brought, only to find out that I brought <laughs> something that he likes more. Lawyer. Lawyer. I just, uh, I'll do the same thing. You know, if I go somewhere and I brought my own and I see something I haven't had before, something I really like but I don't have, I'll do the same yeah. thing. I thought about just bringing something a little bit cheaper, like a bullet or a Maker's Mark or something like that, but we're gonna have plenty of bourbon this weekend. Yeah. No, I mean like for Thanksgiving. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so that's the other thing I was gonna say earlier is is uh, you know, <laughs> what do you do when you know that you've got your bourbon collection out and you have friends that come over that you know don't necessarily appreciate bourbon the way you do? Like they would be okay with. Yeah just the fact that there is bourbon and don't care whether it's blends, whether it's benchmark, whether it's whatever, bullets, makers. What well, do you do? Do you just, do you hide any of your bourbon when that happens? I, I kind of have like a mixed philosophy on this. Like if, if, if I have someone over that enjoys bourbon, like I have no problem being like, oh, same hey, yeah. let's, sure. let's dig in. Even, even people that are like, I like bourbon, but, um, you know, I'm not all high and twenty, so you know, I'm, I'm not about to pretend like I'm some bourbon snob and, and and hide my stuff or any of that. So if someone comes over and they're like, I like bourbon, but they're just like, you know, maybe they just drink like Bullet and Makers and Jim Beam, but they still enjoy it. Then I'm like, hey, like let's 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 drink some of this, and like I'll pull out something that you know. Uh, might be a little bit better, but I only have one bottle of land, so that's probably something I'll be like, hey, I only I only drink that on special occasions. If you're there on that special occasion, I'll pour you a little, you know, little glass as well. Um, and I don't pour heavy on those those ones either. Right. You know, some of the other ones, like I'll, I'll, I'll pour a heavy glass and, and drink it. Um, but if, if someone doesn't really care to try it, they're just like, oh, like, just give me whatever. Then I'm, you know, I'll pour them something I think that they would like, but, you know, I'm not going to go pour a bottle that I can't turn around and get myself pretty easily. Uh, yeah. And I, see, I'm lucky in the sense that Trina doesn't like my collection to be out for display. Yeah. So she... She allows me to have. <laughs> she, she allows, allows. me to have, uh, you know, like six bottles out on display. So we have multiple areas. So we have our kitchen area that's got a little bar. Yeah. And so she allows me to have like six bottles up there. And then we have our downstairs like living room. Yeah. That has a little bar area, and it's got a tray, and I can have about probably there's probably ten to fifteen bottles out on display down there, and then above that little kitchen area in the basement there is cabinets and that's where I keep the remainder of like all of my duplicates and stuff like yeah. that. So when I do know that I'm having over some people that are going to be drinking heavily that aren't going to appreciate what I have out, I'll switch some stuff out. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Especially, yeah. I, I hate, you know, that it took me six months to find my first bottle of Blanton's and then for it to be gone in an evening 
because of a bunch of you know people drinking heavily. I, I don't want that to happen. Yeah, so especially that, that yeah, especially when people are drinking heavily too. Uh, you just you know after at least with me like after you know two three glasses of bourbon like it, it's all going down and I and I stop appreciating it. Right, exactly. And that's so, the that's the that's my point, kind of. Yeah. In I, like my my buddy and I finished off that um, bottle of Maker's Cast or uh, Private Select from the the pop up distillery tour. The boxcar thing. Yeah. yeah, we pretty much polished that off the Ohio State Michigan State game, and but see, that's just because okay we were situation. drinking that's... so heavily that like after a while it just became like we were you know drinking whatever. For me, it's kind of a fine line. If I have a, a person that I'm sitting there drinking with, mind you, he likes bourbon too, so yeah, I, I'm right. not disappointed in that. Yeah, that's what that's what I mean. Like, so so you're going to get more out of the experience of remembering sitting down and finishing. You're going to remember, oh, hey, he and I finished that bottle of bourbon during the Ohio State Michigan State game last year. I mean, you're going to remember that versus yeah. your bottle disappearing over an evening of a whole bunch of debauchery, and you're like, oh shit, my glance is gone. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, so and. It, not to say, because that's the whole point of bourbon, in my opinion, is yeah. just sit down with some people, enjoy it, you know. And, and I don't have anything that I feel is, I mean, in Ohio, yeah, in Ohio, yeah. like the the E.H. Taylor might be a little bit harder to come by, like you have to go and, and stand in line for it. Uh, Angels that be hit or miss, whether you can find it or not, Eagle Rare, same thing. But, but, you, but it's not here. Yeah, exactly. Right now, so, if I had a Buffalo Trace antique collection bottle, sure. you know, sure. that's probably something that, regardless of who I had over, I might hold off on that. You know, that might be something where I celebrate anniversaries, right? Uh, birthdays. That's kind of the whole. You know, the, the only time I've ever had a a pour of anything that I would consider irreplaceable would be yesterday. And that was with Aaron and, and uh, Leith and, and when we had that 10-year Rip Van Winkle. And to be honest, that wasn't even mine. So I was just happy to be included. Yeah. You know, we were just sitting there talking. And, and, was that their uh, first time opening it? Yeah, they'd never opened it before. Wow. And and he, he got that... Uh, I think he got it about a year ago for either a Christmas present or for around yes, the birthday, it was. one or the other. Yeah, because Leith got that for him. Yeah. Uh, I want to say you're right, either for Christmas or birthday. And I know, remember when he walked in with it, I was like, "Suggested retail? That's a two hundred dollar bottle of bourbon. That's a, I mean, that's a super crazy nice yeah. gift for someone." Yep. Um, and he was, he made a point, and he had told me this at one point. He's like, "I'm not opening this until a time when Leith can enjoy it with me." Yeah. And so Leith happened to be there yesterday, and it, they just decided it was a day where you know what, we're going to open this up. Yeah. And Leif, Leif isn't much of a bourbon drinker. He doesn't. He's not much of a drinker at all, yeah, to be yeah. honest. Um, but you know, he was more than happy to just kind of sit down with with Aaron and say, "Yeah, you know, let's have a, let's have a quick little drink." And I just happened to be lucky enough to be there. <laughs> <laughs> just making T-shirts on, on phone call, like, uh, yeah, I guess I'll have this. So, now they have a um, Aaron and Drew have a pretty nice collection going. Yeah, for their yeah. Tommy Waza podcast yeah. that they do. Now they, I don't know what Aaron has at his home. Drew, I feel, you know, it's been a while since I've seen what he has, but he, he always has a, a he keeps solid. It in that closet up in that top drawer yeah. that, or that top shelf in that closet. And he's got a pretty nice collection. Yeah. Uh, but what, what they have going at the uh, at the office is pretty nice. Pretty nice. Well, he's got the, it's funny because he's got the first two shelves, which are, you know, everyday type things. Yeah. And then the bottom shelf is his locked away. His locked one. That's where he keeps the rib. Oh, and he, yeah. he keeps the E.H. Taylor and stuff down there. It's funny. But yeah, that's if my, uh, if my kids are anything like me, I'm going to have to figure out what I'm going to do when they get older. <laughs> keep it under lock. Yeah. To but I'll, I'll straight up to tell them. Yeah. Get a locked you know, once, once they hit like 15 years old, I'm going to have to tell them I will absolutely know. If you took some of that and put water in there, uh, they've got. <laughs> I, I know what a, I know what a, a 138 proof uh, Elijah Craig barrel proof is. He comes down. 105 yeah. proof. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I. Ryland's 15 years old. I don't know. 
I, I mean, honestly, I, I like to think that he has not dabbled in alcohol yet. I have no idea. I know that I have sat down with him before, and I've given him a sip of my bourbon. Yeah. And he absolutely could not stand it. Oh, yeah. And so, like, I was, you know, <laughs> mission accomplished, you know, for at least he's going to have a, a thought in his head about bourbon for the next five or six years, and he's going to hate it. Oh, absolutely. And so when he Maybe even whiskey in general, he'll be like, no. Yeah, so when he turns 21, you know, maybe I'll have him revisit it with me. But I, I kind of did it on purpose so that he wouldn't even think to get into my bourbon collection. Yeah. And like, he nope. hated it. Now, yep. my oldest son, Jacob. We did that with my with my buddy's dad's scotches. Yeah. Uh, we'd go over to his dad's house when his dad was out of town. And it was funny because, like, we'd look up in his, in his cabinet. And it was all, like, the same scotch. But it was, like... $150 bottles but he'd have like 20 of them up there and but we never we never drank it because we were like it's it's scotch it tastes like this and so, so so that brings me to my I guess what got you to like bourbon like yeah, what was your was first experience with that. it and, and uh, what got you to like it so probably my first bourbon that I like consistently drank. I don't know why I chose to consistently drink it or like what got me into it, but it was Woodford. And that's a good one to start with. Yeah. And I felt like starting starting with Woodford got me a little bit like I, I jumped right in. Like not that it's a higher <laughs> proof or anything, but it's a higher quality, uh, I would think. Yeah. I mean to me it is anyway. Even when I drink it, you know, now I'm like, you know, it's got a it's got a little kick to it. Like that was a, a good one to start with. You know, if I would have started Are you talking with like, regular Woodford, not the yeah, double. Yeah. Okay. Uh, when which, I, which by the way is another place we're going on this tour, on this trail. And you're gonna love their distillery. It's it's beautiful. Did they have anything special there? Did they have any like when I went, they had a three grain, so they had. But their they didn't have any of their like special. No, so so a lot of that stuff they only come out with every couple years. So they'll have like a, I think it's a, they call it their master distillers. Yeah, something or other. That's what I want. I don't really want the the chocolate. What is it? The chocolate. Chocolate malted yeah. bourbon or something or whiskey or yeah. something like that. So they so they've got a few things. So they've got a weeded a weeded whiskey. Yeah. Which is standard now. They've got a regular bourbon. They've got the double oak bourbon. Those will always be in stock there. They've got the malted uh, whiskey, which they'll always have in stock there. So I think there's four things they just always have in stock now. And then they have their like master distillers program or whatever it's called. And then whatever they're experimenting with that year. So earlier this year, they had a three grain. uh, And I technically, I think it was a whiskey. And um, I got a couple of those. but uh, I'm gonna, we'll see when we get down there. They might have something special. I know that they have usually a holiday bottle. Yeah. But it's just their regular Woodford. They'll have a uh, bottle for the uh, for the for the race, uh, Kentucky Derby. Yep. Uh, but that's just a regular Woodford also. It's just a different label. But then every year I think they come out with something, like that master distiller so or something like that. What was your first yeah. bottle that, you know, kind of pushed you into it? Well, it's, it's kind of funny. It's probably two stages for me. My current iteration of bourbon. My just you're started, much older. Yeah, I'm 44 like, years You're much, much, much older. <laughs> so, I mean, my current iteration, I think, started probably three or four years ago. And I'd say Sam got me into that. I, I was, so I've got a long history with alcohol. Nothing like sorted or anything like that. But so when I went to Ohio State, I didn't drink at all in high school. Not once. My first time drinking was, was ironically enough, during Alcohol Awareness Week at Ohio State my freshman year. And I became aware of alcohol that week. Yeah. Uh, I, but I started off with, you know, your standard, like Bush Lights, uh, Bud Lights, stuff like that. And at the time, you know, I think they had Bud Ice and all that stuff at the time. It was a real big craze. So I started with beer and then shots. We did a lot of shots. So, like, there was, I, I remember, I think it was Paramount Rum 151. Yeah. And holy, that that was like drinking gasoline. Um, but I think my first 
with bourbon was probably just Jim Beam and even I mean I know Jack Daniels isn't bourbon but oh, Jim I, Beam and Jack Daniels probably mixed with Coke Jack I, and Coke, I Jim despise and Coke. Jack Daniels I think it is I, whatever I mean I don't I don't prefer it by any stretch of the imagination but it has I'll its take place Jim in Beam my all day. yeah me too I'll drink Jim Beam but it, you know, Jack has its place in my in, in my comeuppance as a uh, drinker you know so uh, so in in college I, I would drink Jack and Coke Beam and Coke whatever um, and then you know it was mostly bourbon or no I'm sorry beer and tequila and you know those college type drinks I wasn't really appreciating anything I was drinking I was just consuming it you know for the effect of, of going out for a Friday night or a Saturday night or whatever um, and I know I had like a stretch of like Long Island iced teas Ooh, love Love that. Oh, so there was a place called Street Scene at Ohio State where uh, a guy that we would go see every Thursday night, um, and I, he still plays to this day, Chris Logsdon. Um, and he does basically like an acoustic set. He'll bring yeah. some people up on stage and, and stuff like that every once in a while. But uh, but he played all around the campus area. And he, you know, played at Street Scene on Thursday nights, and we would go there, and they had a, a 32-ounce Long Island iced tea special. And so probably for like a buck twenty five back. They were like three dollars. Yeah, they were like three dollars for a or five bucks maybe for a thirty two ounce. I mean it was cheap. Yeah. And uh, so that's what we would drink. And then uh, you know I, as I went on through college, I gained a whole bunch of weight. I got arthritis, and then I got on a medication where I wasn't allowed to drink because it would make my liver swell up. So I just kind of stopped drinking for probably six years, seven years. Seven years. Something like that. And so what it was was I was on this this medicine called methotrexate which oddly enough could be used for like morning after pills it could use it was used for like leukemia it was used for I mean it was a crazy just, just roll over in the morning and be like hey take my arthritis medicine no you <laughs> took it once a week and so no, but you're just... <laughs> sorry go ahead you took it once a week and after a while it started losing its efficacy so like I they would go from four pills to five a week to I think by the time I was done I was taking eight a week and then my primary care physician was like, all right, you're at a point where this just isn't doing it anymore. And he sent me over to a rheumatoid arthritis doctor. And um, the arthritis I had was from my psoriasis. It's called psoriatic arthritis. You've probably heard of it from the, all the mini commercials for uh, uh, who's the golfer that with the flop shot? I Phil Mickelson. Know, Phil. And, uh, you know, you don't take that medication if you're allergic to it, by the way. I don't understand that. But anyway, um, so that's a biological, I guess. And once I got on to that, I was able to start drinking. You got, you got green lighted for... Yeah, I was given the green light to commence yeah. the drinking again. And, and uh, so... It's all downhill from there. Well, no, I mean, I didn't really go nuts or anything. I've never been a huge, like, binge drinker or anything like that. I've had my moments where I've gone wait. out and had a good time. But for the most part... I've always tried to be the designated driver just because I, you know me, I have fun even when I'm not yeah. drinking. So, so that brought me to a point where I was mostly drinking beer. And then like my buddy Heath and I, when we went out drinking, if we did anything other than beer, it would be a shot of Patron. So, yeah. so I got on a big Patron kick. If I was drinking, you know, out and about at a club or something like that, we would have Patron. And I love Patron because you could, honestly, if you wanted to get drunk at some point, you would wake up the next day and you wouldn't have a hangover. Yeah. And I don't, I've heard it has something to do with clear alcohol versus brown alcohol versus whatever, but I don't know how true that is. But uh, I know that every time I got drunk on Patron, which wasn't like every day or anything, but, you know, I never, yeah, every other, I never wake up with a hangover and it was awesome. So, you know, it never deterred you to not drink it the next time. Um, but then a few years ago, I was just hanging out, and, and uh, a buddy of mine, Sam, brought uh, some bourbon, and he had some ginger ale. And it's a good combo, by the way. It is a good combo. Um, I know people like that. I like Kentucky Mules a lot. Yeah, the ginger beer. Yeah, yep. that's, that's not bad. I want to get into making some old fashions and stuff like yeah. that. Um, I'm, I'm hopefully going to be getting some Virgil Cane ginger infused from... Uh, Martel or Randy here soon. I, I made a request. We'll see if they if they can find it. It's not an easily findable bourbon right now. Yeah. 
but um, no, so I mean, it, that kind of evolved. And then I, you know, for about a year or two, I would drink bourbon and ginger ale. And the amount of ginger ale would just kind of be determined by what kind of an evening it was. Was yeah. I just hanging out at the house? Was I out drinking? You know, so. I also, you know, I definitely think it was, you know, with bourbon. Like, I, I don't know that anyone's kidding themselves. Like, the first time they have it, they're like, oh, this is just magical stuff. <laughs> it's definitely an acquired taste. I, I feel like it so, is, too. Just like beer and anything yeah. else. So, you know, you, you basically just sit there and you force yourself to, to drink it. But I, as you have a, a little bit more of it in the sitting, um, you know, maybe you play around with how much water ice you have in there and it becomes more enjoyable. And then, you know, the less ice and you start to play around with, okay, what, what, what do I like based off of the flavors and, and yeah. proof? So, you know, that's what I slowly started doing too, is weaning off the ginger ale. Yeah. I got it to where it would just be a splash of ginger ale. It was still over ice. And then I, you know, started reading and joining different things on Facebook and finding different things. And of course, you know, they'd bash each other. Oh, what's that? What's that water in your, what's that ice in your drink for? That kind yeah. of stuff. And so I got to a point where I just, I knew my palate wasn't refined enough that I really needed to drink stuff neat. And then I read an yeah. article that talked about how you can actually train that part of your, your body to, you know, uh, to, to be able to be a little more refined and, and be able to pick out different notes in the, in the bourbons. And I feel like that's started to happen for me. I don't know if I'll ever get to a point where I'm like Trina and I can smell it and, and, and taste it and be able to pick individual things out of it. But I can sure as hell know when I like something and I don't like it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I still get that visceral reaction immediately when I have the first drink where it's almost like gasoline. Oh, yeah. And then I kind of let that settle in and I'll take that second drink and then all of a sudden it's opened up for me. You know, you know what was not like that for me was Blanton's. Yeah, Blanton's. Blanton's even Woodford, Woodford uh, Double Oaks was like yeah. that for me too. It, was, it didn't have that same visceral yeah. reaction when I had it. I, you know, that's what I did the other the other night when I had I had it neat and I was like, okay, I'm going to take my sip and just kind of put it down and then I'll have my second one and, and really get a, a good taste for it. But the first one was just like... It changed much. Yeah. Yeah. I was very, very pleasantly surprised yeah, and I think that's, you know, what's interesting is um, Booker's, for example. Holy cow. I, like, I opened that up, took a drink of it, and it was immediately like, oh, my God, what the hell did I just put in my mouth? It was so strong and hot. Yeah. Like, it was hot, and it, it probably took me three or four drinks before that settled into my mouth and was able to I was able to actually enjoy it. You enjoy it? I did, but it yeah. took it took three or four drinks before I was able to enjoy it. And I don't know if um, if it just blasted out my taste buds. Yeah. And then, you know, it was like, okay, I don't know what you're doing to me, but I'm gonna start letting this go down smooth. But it took three or four drinks before I really enjoyed it. One thing that I've I've been on a kick with lately is like an active social settings out at a bar and almost like regardless of, of the, the place that we're at, like I find myself ordering bourbon on the rocks and like, I'm not talking about like dinner, like, you know, when we go to pins or something, yeah. um, like I find myself ordering bourbon instead of like a, a vodka drink or oh, anything sure. else. Um, one, like no matter how much ice they throw in it, like I, I can still sit there and sip it. Um, it gets me to where I want to go quicker than a lot of drinks. So I, I just find myself really, really enjoying that much more often than, you know, cause I usually will, will drink like vodka waters with lemon or, uh, vodka cranberry see I but, to be honest it's beer or bourbon for me yeah uh, like if I'm doing shots like for example we just went to Nashville for my wife's 40th birthday and I, I did a round of Patron for everyone yeah so I'll do shots of tequila still you know if I'm trying to have a good night and just get everyone a little you know but that's for a quick 
you know, yeah. pump, you know, to, to get you to a faster level of what you're trying to do. But then the rest of the night, I just drank beer. Yeah. And that's, that's a good point too, is, is maybe I'll have a, a, a glass or two of bourbon and then switch over to beer. But man, do I have to drink a lot of beer to really put me at the same level as two or three glasses of bourbon. Well, and then at that point, I'm just, I just feel full and like, just well, see, beer makes me feel full. Uh, bourbon does not. Yeah. So, and what I do, and, and kind of to your point, when I'm at a, when I'm out drinking, bourbon can kind of be expensive. Yeah. And you, you like, I hate to be the guy that's like, well, how much is it for that pour? How much? Yeah, is it for yeah, that exactly. Pour? So I'll just get something middle of the road, or maybe a Woodford Double Oak, yeah. or something like that, and ask for it, like with a rock. Yeah. You know, a big rock, and then. Uh, and then I'll just kind of sip on that for a while so that it lasts longer and it'll melt into it a little bit. And that way it's kind of a cheat just so that I'm not ordering three of them. You know, I'll have one and because as the ice melts, you know, I'll start to, I'll start to get a little bit more liquid and it lasts longer. We were at Quinn's, Quinn's Bar Zeno's and he's got a nice little uh, collection of bourbons behind the bar. And I forget the price. It really wasn't priced terrible, but well, they don't need to be. Yeah, I mean, to but be he honest, had bookers back there, and I was like, "I'll have a glass of bookers." How did you um, like it? I, I enjoyed it. Well, there's different releases of bookers each year too, from what yeah. I understand. There's like, and I guess there's like a, there's different, there's different takes on it each time, and and I've heard, um, I've only had one. I've got two bottles of it, but I've only opened one of them, um, and I don't, I haven't looked to see what my two bottles are actually, um, but I've heard the one that's. It's like the third release of this year, 2019, was really, really good, and put the other ones to shame. And was like a like, not to go back to that word again, but a smooth drinker. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm I'm interested to get to that second bottle and see if I like it yeah. better. I didn't dislike the first one. It just took some getting used to. It really starts off hot. Now that the bottle's open, I'm trying to let it see if any oxid you know oxidation happens and it changes a little bit. Maybe opens up some more. And I don't know like what the the industry norm is for that kind of stuff. Like what people think, like the purists and stuff. Like, yeah. you know, are you getting your your true taste of the bourbon when it first is open? Or are you getting your your best taste of it, your purest taste of it after it's been open for a little bit and had a chance? Yep. You know, that's that's what I don't know. I haven't looked into that kind of stuff to see what people think. Thanks for joining us on our very first episode. Join us next week when we discuss our trip to Old Forester, Westport Whiskey and Wines, and travel down to Maker's Mark for a distillery tour. I had my magnesium. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. I had my magnesium, had my coffee, and I've been up now for three hours. You had to blow anything up? Not yet, but if I do, it might be a Buffalo Trace, and they've got a nice, nice turlet. They have a nice turlet upstairs. If you go upstairs to where their bar area is, they've got a nice bathroom Ooh. up there. They've got one on the first floor too, but.